Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Lindsay Steffen, a therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show about panic disorder. So today we are going to understand a little more about panic disorder, um, explore where it comes from, how we can deal with it. And with me today to discuss this interesting topic is Gabriella Zelaya. Hi, Gabby. Thanks for joining us. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yes. So she's one of our awesome interns right now at Wellspring. She's done an amazing job clinically and she does specialize in anxiety disorders and panic disorders. So we wanted to discuss this with her today. So why don't we just start out um, first, tell us a little bit more about you and then we'll dive into our topic. Sure. So this is my last semester of graduate school, um, my last semester interning, um, and I'll be graduating in May. So excited to, to be, you know, diving into the field of, of mental health. Awesome. Okay. And congrats moving into your, your career. That's an exciting time. So well, why don't you just start with educating us a little bit. Some people, maybe they know what anxiety is, but there's very specific anxiety disorders. So an anxiety disorder can range from, you know, things we kind of know about like claustrophobia or um, eating disorders, but what is panic disorder? What does that entail? Sure. So panic disorder is a type of anxiety disorder. Um, it causes recurrent unexpected panic attacks. Um, it can be brought on by a trigger or it can happen without any real threat of danger. Um, these episodes, they're episodes of fear and they're often accompanied by unpleasant physical symptoms. Okay. So I guess when people, sometimes I, I have clients who ask me like, oh, I, I think I had an anxiety attack or a panic attack. Um, how can we kind of know the difference between those? Yeah, well, someone with panic disorder, it's usually something that happens to them quite frequently. Um, an anxiety attack can be an isolated incident. Um, it can be a one-time thing that happens. Um, and panic disorder is usually something um, that's recurrent. Okay, got it. Yeah, and something that I've noticed with clients that I see is kind of a qualifier maybe is that anxiety attacks, a lot of body symptoms, it's just like a big rush or wave of anxiety. Mm. But with panic attacks, often there is that thought accompanying it where we think I'm, I'm dying, what's wrong with me, I'm having a heart attack, or you, they actually believe that they're dying, that there's something medically going on a lot of mm. the time. So it's kind of like a maybe anxiety attack is that first level and then panic attack is yeah even more intense so this this is a distressing diagnosis obviously to think that you know you could be out at the mall or at your job and you just get a panic attack and you really until you've done some work you can't control it it's something that just comes like you said with a trigger or I have clients who say it just happens I don't know what triggered it necessarily yeah, yeah. And just kind of like you were saying about kind of that fear that something is medically wrong, there's usually that feeling that there's some type of impending doom, that something bad is going to happen to them, um, or even to someone that they love. Okay. So it's kind of like we talk about, you know, in um, when we study anxiety, we know that a normal amount of anxiety is actually helpful, you know, mm -hmm. to be anxious to not step in front of a car or with our kids, putting your hand on the hot stove kind of thing. 
Uh, we want a little anxiety. So we know, Hey, you know, you're anxious for a reason. This is good. There's a big dog running at you snarling. You should, you know, go into kind of an anxious mode where you can act and survive. Um, but it sounds like this is kind of different than that. Like maybe the alarm bells going off and there mm. may not actually be danger. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. So this can happen without any real threat of danger. Um, usually when this happens, he, someone just feels like a loss of control. So it's like things are just completely out of your control. Um, it just kind of sometimes even feels like it's outside of yourself. Um, something that um, is happening to you and you really have no control to stop it. Okay. Yeah. And that, again, kind of qualifying the difference between normal anxiety and an anxiety disorder, like mm -hmm. panic disorder, it goes beyond that temporary worry or fear. Like if I have a test, of course, I'm going to get a little anxious and worry. Um, but disordered anxiety, it doesn't go away and it gets worse over time if we don't treat it. Right. So those symptoms, they start to, I see with clients, it interferes with their life. So their home life or work or school performance, things start to kind of unravel because they can't manage it. It's not like, you know, that normal anxiety we get throughout the day to kind of help us um, perform better or a little nervousness, a little extra adrenaline that can be helpful. But it sounds like this is definitely not helpful and distressing. Yeah, absolutely. And um, even major life changes can kind of exacerbate it even further, um, you know, kind of like going off to college, getting married, um, having children, going through a divorce, things like that can even just kind of, um, you know, make it even more severe. Mm, okay. Yeah. I, I can imagine we have so many transitions in life just naturally, like you said, going to school, getting married, getting divorced. I mean, things just happen. And so I wonder sometimes if someone has underlying anxiety that they mm -hmm. haven't treated, um, it can develop into a more serious disorder like this. So that's why, you know, we always say at Wellspring, you really should take anxiety seriously and treat it. Um, cause you, even you start to get negative physical effects in the body. So when you're having high levels of stress and anxiety, it's triggering your cortisol, your stress hormone. And so that's going to start to cause negative physical effects in your body. Um, I see a lot untreated anxiety can lead to addiction because mm -hmm. you're just, you feel so bad. You're always up at 100 and really the body starts to say, I can't live here. It's too much. And so, you know, as humans, we want to escape. We want to numb out and feel better. Um, yeah. And even as, as Christians, as Christian counselors, we know anxiety, it can keep you from truly living and being the wonderful person that God designed you to be. Mm. I think anxiety can steal our personality almost because yeah. you're just so in survival mode or so anxious all the time. You can't really be you anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And um, as, as you were saying about just even the physical things that it can cause, right? Like it can, you know, be so debilitating. It can cause someone to physically be shaking, trembling, um, dizziness, lightheadedness, accelerated heart rate. Um, it can even cause um, feelings of derealization and, and depersonalization as well. Okay. So these are some of the symptoms that come with panic disorder. Okay. Yes. And maybe for our audience, explain a little more about derealization and depersonalization. I think we're familiar with those words, but maybe the general public doesn't know what that means. Yeah. So um, derealization is 
um, just really feeling detached from your surroundings. So um, people and and things, they just seem unreal. Um, and, you know, it, it seems almost as if you're living in a movie or a dream. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a little bit of, we might think of like an out-of-body experience kind of thing. Right. It's kind of like you're on the outside looking in. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Good. What, what other symptoms come with panic disorder, Gabby? Yeah. So I would say those are kind of the the main ones, um, difficulty breathing, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, you can feel short of breath, um, even feelings of, you know, feeling like you're choking or being choked is also a, a common symptom of um, panic disorder. Okay. Yeah. My clients who have suffered with this, um, it starts to make you a little bit of a hermit because you're so worried. Like if you have panic attacks, almost at random, you're not sure what the triggers are and it feels like it's random. It may or may not be, you get scared to go out. You think, Oh, what if I get one, you know, while I'm on the subway or while I'm taking public transportation or, you know, I'm at dinner with a friend or going on a date, whatever the case you were, or what if I have it while driving, you start to even fear for kind of the safety or not being able to control yourself in public. So we see that people who don't treat this, they can start to become a little bit of a shut in because they're so worried of being embarrassed while they're out or just feeling really bad when they go out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of, you know, having this happen um, in a social setting, um, out with friends, out with family, um, even um, just kind of having fears of being out, right? Like, what if I have a panic attack and I lose control of the car and I crash and I die? Um, things like that also are, are common with um, panic disorder. Okay, yeah. So kind of that, it's that first fear of just having panic attacks, but it can grow into other fears if untreated. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, what, what's the cause of panic disorder? So the exact cause of panic disorder is unknown. Um, it's thought to kind of have multiple factors involved. Um, environment plays a major part in um, panic disorder. Um, you know, what kind of family life do you have? Stable, unstable, um, you know, your upbringing, um, any major life changes that you're currently going through, um, things like that. Okay. So yeah, there's kind of, like you said, that genetic link. So maybe if you have someone in your family with some anxiety disorders and you notice these things coming on, it's good to actually get treatment because it seems like if you can catch it early and start treatment, it doesn't have to become such a big thing or so debilitating. Um, yeah, it can definitely be manageable, especially if you start to treat it early on. Um, you know, most people that um, have panic disorder and they are seeking treatment for it, they live, you know, relatively normal lives. Um, so it's definitely something that doesn't have to be crippling. Okay, awesome. So that's some hope there for our listeners. Because yeah, I think sometimes you do think of these big disorders and it feels like, oh my goodness, like, can anything be done? Or mm -hmm. I have parents say that when they bring their kids or teens to me, you know, like, will she ever be live a normal life? Mm -hmm. And absolutely. I mean, most things are treatable and manageable. Some diagnoses are lifelong, but I think panic disorder is not one of those, right? Right. Yeah. So that's, that's very hopeful. And even just kind of thinking about, you know, why, 
why are we so stressed and how do we get to the place of a panic disorder? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it, it can do with like that underlying anxiety when we're always trying to control things that we can't control like people or Mm -hmm. circumstances. And just always, if we're that person who's always so busy, never decompressing, never relaxing, those are all kind of precursors to having a more serious anxiety disorder. We have to have self-care. We have to get off social media, get off our phones, um, you know, take care of our, our health, our finances, um, take care of any trauma work we need to do or grief work, those things, they store in our body. And so yeah. anxiety is often just that kind of bodily expression, you know, trying to come out and let you know, hey, here, here's a little a red flag that something needs mm. to be dealt with. Right, absolutely. Um, and it's like you're saying, we're constantly on the go, right? So it's like, you know, we're constantly working. Um, now we're living at work, working at home. Um, so things are just even kind of blending together at this point. Um, yeah. You know, I think just also having even unrealistic expectations of ourselves. Um, social media too, right? That's a big influence. You know, we're seeing people's highlight reels, um, but that's not their everyday life. Um, and I think sometimes we can get caught up in, you know, trying to achieve something, um, that isn't even real. And that can also, you know, cause those feelings of anxiety to come up. Yeah. I hear that a lot from mom clients. Like, Oh, this mom did this big birthday party, da da da. And it's like, I'm just over here trying to like get the baby and clean clothes, you know, like how is she so effortlessly, you know, putting all this together, beautiful, every, like the house is straight. And so, but again, you're right. We're seeing the highlight. We're not seeing the back room that's stuffed with all the junk and, (laughs) you know, maybe some of the real chaos that, you know, we all have a little bit of that. So, well, listen, we're going to take a short break, but um, thank you, Gabby, so far for this first half of the show. And I'm Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the Air, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Lindsay Steffen, your host for today. I'm here with Gabriella Zelaya, one of our interns. And this first half of the show, if you missed it, go to your favorite podcast, Wellspring on the Air. You can go to the podcast app on your phone and subscribe and follow us. So this first half of the show, she talked a little bit about what is panic disorder? What are the origins of it? Um, And we're going to go more into the practical now, this second half with how can we treat it? Uh, We're going to get, share some statistics and also share what the Bible has to say about, it doesn't talk directly about panic disorder, but of course it addresses anxiety and stress. So we want to encourage you with some of those verses. All right. Well, let me go ahead and share um, a few stats. So we, we see that 2.7% of U.S. adults had panic disorder in the last year. Um, it's more prevalent among females than males. So females were 3.8% of the population and then males 1.6%. And in general, about 4.7% of U.S. adults will experience panic disorder at some time in their lives. Mm. So it's not very prevalent, um, but at the same time, it is um, one of the more common anxiety disorders in comparison with the other disorders, if you look at stats of specific anxiety disorders. 
Um, and let's also, let's share a little bit about our adolescents. You might be a parent listening or youth leader or something. And just to notice if you're seeing some of these symptoms with one of your teens, um, definitely we wanna look at that population from 13 to 18 years old. So 2.3% uh, of adolescents had panic disorder in the last year and 2.3% actually had severe impairment. So 100% of that 2.3%, they had severe impairment, which means not able to function, not able to carry out the normal work, school, home functions mm -hmm. that we want our teens to be able to, um, to do with a little more ease. And then again, higher for females as well in the the teen population. So 2.6% of that stat was female and then 2% were teen males. So it's, it's definitely, it's prevalent enough that we need to be educated on it and know what to do if yeah. we or someone, family, friend experiences this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, why don't you share with us a little bit about treatment? Um, what, what can we do if we do have panic disorder, where should we reach out for help? Sure. So some of the common, uh, forms of treatment are cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, so that's, you know, um, therapy that's focused on identifying thoughts that influence our emotions and behaviors, um, and just kind of learning to replace these thoughts. Um, and, you know, learning to replace these thoughts also, you know, with the truth of God's word, um, can be so helpful, right? Like we might yeah. be having these overwhelming feelings and just, um, learning to recognize, well, you know, like, what does God say about this? What does God say about me? I um, love that. Yeah. And CBT, it really does this cognitive behavior therapy. It teaches you a different way to think. So then you have a different emotional experience and then behave differently. So I think we always are like, oh, I want to get rid of my anxiety, get rid of my anxiety. But really it starts in your thoughts. Yeah. The, the emotion didn't come first. Anxiety didn't just hit you. You had some type of thought, uh, an anxious thought, an irrational thought, a, um, a fearful thought. And that then caused you to feel those emotions of fear, anxiety, stress. So yeah, it's so true. And um, also some other things that, um, you know, just we can even implement into our daily lives that can help um, our, you know, regular exercise, um, implementing exercise into your daily routine, right? That can help reduce feelings of anxiety and stress, um, yeah. making sure that you're getting enough sleep, um, you know, not getting enough sleep can also stir up um, those feelings of anxiety and overwhelm, right? So getting sufficient sleep can help right. reduce those symptoms of anxiety as well. Um, yeah, that helps oh. us replenish our serotonin, our happy yeah. chemicals. So yeah, if we have a poor sleep schedule, then we have less serotonin and then we're more susceptible to anxiety disorders, depressive disorders, really all kinds of mental health issues. That's why I guard my sleep now as a therapist, because I know how important it is. Even, yeah. you know, one night of poor sleep and you feel it the next day. You really, Absolutely. You, you feel grumpy. It affects your, your mood even, at least for me, maybe I'm self-disclosing too much, but I'm like, I will be a real bear even if I have one poor night of sleep. So yeah. Those are definitely just very practical things that we always know. Mom says, oh, eat well, eat, you know, eat your veggies, exercise, get sleep. I'm like, mom's right. <laughs> she knows what's up. That's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. And I know all my coffee lovers out there, they're not going to like this, but. Oh, no, that's um, me. Don't say it. <laughs> 
avoiding stimulants, stimulants, you know, like coffee, energy drinks, things like that. Um, you know, these types of beverages, they increase those feelings of, of nervousness, those feelings of anxiety. So, you know, if you're really just kind of struggling with this, it's, it's really better to just stay away from. Yeah. It's actually interesting. You say that I love coffee. I'm a big iced coffee or cafe con leche here in Miami. Yeah. And I had a friend who sent me an article this week and it talked about how, um, having too much caffeine when you have anxiety, how it can then be linked to more, um, psychiatric disorders, like more serious things. So I was like, Oh no, I said, well, you know, what's crazier to cut out the coffee or to, <laughs> or to kind of guard that. But yeah, I think we know for people who struggle with anxiety, I mean, just even one cup of coffee can really get your, really your system going, your heart's beating a little faster. You might mm-hmm. feel jittery, which feels like anxiety actually. And so then yeah. that can make us think, Oh, I'm having an anxiety attack. And then we kind of spiral into maybe even a full-blown panic attack. Yeah. And even things like muscle spasms, eye twitches, having too much caffeine can trigger those yes. things too. Absolutely. Yeah. Something else, just thinking of, you know, treating this is sometimes a support group. It can be amazing. I love even at Wellspring, we have different groups for grief, depression, anxiety, but um, I love anxiety support groups and someone with panic disorder, they might feel very kind of at home hearing Mm -hmm. other people's stories of dealing and managing anxiety. It can just be a great safe space to get added support to your individual therapy, where you feel kind of like people understand because if you're talking to a good friend or a spouse or mom or dad and they don't struggle with panic disorder. They can definitely be there for you, give you love and support, but they don't know what it feels like if they've right. never experienced really, you know, any type of anxiety disorder even. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And then what about uh, medications? I know that, you know, anxiety really is a medical disorder. So just like we treat cancer with chemo while also praying, you know, mm-hmm. we, we do both. We do the medical and the spiritual And I think um, sometimes people are not as open to that with mental health issues, but it's true. If, if I'm going to get chemo and have my church pray, same Mm -hmm. with anxiety. Sometimes if, if the doctor says, yeah, you have an imbalance and you know, you need an anti-anxiety or an antidepressant, that's actually, that's appropriate and best practice. That's the treatment needed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I always encourage clients to, you know, talk to their doctor about that as an option as well. Um, You know, and I think that there's kind of still even that little bit of kind of stigma behind medication, but I think it's just the same way that you are describing it, right? So if you break your leg, you're going to go to the hospital, you're going to get a cast, you know? Um, So if you're struggling with, you know, mental health, um, you know, why wouldn't you go seek treatment for that? Exactly. Yeah. And that's how we very much see it at Wellspring as Christian counselors. So we rely on the Bible, the word of God, we rely on prayer, but Mm -hmm. also we do, we see how the research shows that these different conditions we treat are medical. So, you know, the neurotransmitters in your brain, there's too much or too little, little of those chemicals. So Um, And we see too that genetic component, just like heart disease can run in a family. So can anxiety, depression, 
Um, so it's very important to know your family genetics and then to kind of know if you have had any trauma or stress, like intense stress in your life, that could be um, kind of something that has brought out your genetics. Mm. So we always say, you know, genetics load the gun of anxiety and trauma or stress pull the trigger. Yeah. Um, so, or we can learn from family modeling. We had a very anxious parent who modeled very fearful thinking and always be careful. Don't do this. Don't do that. Then we grow up thinking the world is just only a dangerous place. Mm. So, all right, well, let's, we just have a couple minutes left. So I want us to dive in a little bit about what the Bible says. So our listeners can be encouraged after kind of a heavy topic, panic disorder, but we definitely want to give that hope that it's treatable and God, even he speaks to our fear. So any verses you have, Gabby, you'd like to share? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I just kind of wanted to share with you in John 14, uh, verse 27 says, you know, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I do not give it as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Um, just reading that I think can just, you know, bring so much comfort, you know, um, right. Like God doesn't give us this, um, this peace, right. Like this kind of shallow peace. It's, it's a peace that even surpasses, um, our own understanding. Um, and, um, another verse that I just wanted to share is second Timothy one, uh, verse seven, which says for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Wow. That one's very powerful because yeah, it's kind of encouraging us. Like we aren't to have a fearful spirit, but not only that's what we don't need to have, but what do we have? So we do have power. We have love and a sound mind. And that's totally, that's from the Lord. Absolutely. We don't have that in our own strength. So thank you for sharing those. I love that. I hope that that was encouraging to our listeners and it's actually already time to close out the show. It always goes too fast, but yeah. So thank you so much, Gabby, for joining us today. And Yeah. yeah, we hope our listeners learned a little bit about panic disorder and are either encouraged for your own mental health journey, or maybe someone, you know, um, this is a show to send to them perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, if they struggle with this. So, and if you joined midstream, go ahead, like I said, go to wellspring on the air on the podcast app, or you can go to our blog on wellspringmiami.org. Um, encourage us, let us know you're listening, send us comments or questions to on the air at wellspringmiami.org. So we'll go ahead and wrap up, but this is Lindsay Steffen with Wellspring on the air because hearts and minds matter.